If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency and shipped using the utmost care with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at NutritionW.com and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Holistic Navigator podcast, where we believe in the body's ability to heal itself. We're so thankful that you decided to listen today. And here with me, as always in the studio, is your host, Ed Jones. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm about eight on the scale of one to 10, but soon to be elevating to the nine and 10. Just a little bit hungry. I got up early didn't, and you know, didn't have, I had one less hour sleep. So thanks for asking because I will always tell the honest answer instead of saying the plastic word, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to be speaking about hair loss, specifically hair loss in women. Now, there are many contributing factors that can make this occur, but we wanted to talk about a few of these and how to combat them naturally and holistically. So, Ed, why don't we go ahead and dive right in? Can you talk about just the percentages of the population in America um, and specifically women? Um, why it's such an issue and how many people this actually affects? Well, that is a good question because I think sometimes because of cosmetics and because of maybe certain hair products with the right hairdresser and maybe, you know, uh, even wigs and things, we don't really look around and see the significance of this. But the studies are showing that even by age 30, there's about 25 to 30 percent of the women who are having concerns about losing hair and losing could mean thinning also. But by age 50, it has risen to 50%. Is that something that's normal? Well, we do know that Father Time will have its way on all of us in certain areas. And one of those is in the area of hair. Uh, I doubt we've ever seen an 80 to 90 year old, uh, commonly we don't see that, that has the, um, the same hair look that they had 40 years previous. However, I think that we have, again, and I've said this on many different conditions of the human body, that what is happening to people at 50 today is what used to happen at 70. I think we're about two decades uh, going backwards, and that certainly applies to hair loss. And when you, you know, especially when a, a woman goes to her doctor for a physical or gynecological exam, and then she may mention you know, I'm starting to lose hair. I'm seeing it in the bathtub. You know, look how thin it is. Uh, it's rare that a mainstream uh, practitioner is really going to delve into the chemistry of the human body. And before you can ever come up with any solution for hair loss or even diseases, I encourage people to look inside their body. You're not going to fix this with fancy chemicals with the perfect hairdresser or the shampoos or the treatments. It, it comes from inside. Everything we have on the external is fed from the internal. 
saying that, I think everyone who's listening who is perhaps has an issue certainly can resonate with the concern. You know, we have a lot of self-esteem wrapped around our hair, which is perfectly fine. I do, too. I'm still very fortunate to have uh, for almost 62 years old to have a really still decent head of hair. So saying all of that, the very first thing, let's get down to the nitty gritty where the rubber meets the road. Number one, thyroid. Uh, In fact, we're going to do an entire show on this because it's so um, epidemic, for one, but it has one of its main consequences of a unhealthy thyroid function is the thinning of hair. Now, it's not 100% across the board. Just because you have thinning hair does not mean that absolutely you have a thyroid dysfunction. But here's the issue at hand. I would guess that first off, probably 30% of all women over the age of 50 do have a uh, weakening thyroid function. But yet, only 5% of those are being told by their normal uh, mainstream physician who gives blood work that they're having an issue. And why is that? Well, I think it's a lot of that is some of the ways and opinions and philosophies of the human body and diagnosing in mainstream world is still very connected to the old school dogma and the old school information about thyroid basically says if you have a TSH, which is the indicator, thyroid stimulating hormone, the indicator in blood work, the TSH is what most people look at primarily to say, yes, you do or no, you don't. The problem is the standards and the numbers they are using is the same ones that they used decades ago. However, so let's get back to the, the how do you function or how do we determine with you that your thyroid is or isn't non-functioning? One is you do get the blood work, but if you can remember this and you don't have to, but the TSH is something that's an inverse relationship. So that means that the higher the number goes, the slower your thyroid is working. So it's backwards, okay? Mainstream medicine says if it's four and above, we start talking about your thyroid is low. All people in the world of what we call integrative functional holistic nutritional medicine laughs at that because we believe that it's a two. So if you're two and if you're around two or anywhere close to that, it's time to look into the thyroid. Secondly, the at-home test that I absolutely am convinced is accurate is placing a thermometer next to your bed two to three mornings in a row before you sit up. I want you to put a thermometer in your mouth. It is best to buy a basal thermometer, but don't worry if you don't have that. Use whatever you have. And the marker for this is 97.8, not 98.6. So it's backwards. It's 97.8. If your temperature is below 97.8 consistently and you have a TSH of two or above, it doesn't matter who says what. It's low. And if it's low, you're not going to feel as well. You're not going to have the mental status. You're going to have potentially thinning hair and all the things that come with a lower thyroid. So diagnostic-wise, this is the first thing you need to do is figure that out. Does that make sense, Brian? Yeah, it sure does. Beyond blood markers and the temperature test, are there any other ways to find out if you have low functioning, if you have a low functioning thyroid? Well, there is one of those um, 
uh, anecdotal, which is really, I think, I found it to be quite accurate. If you look at the outer one third of your eyebrows, if they are thinning, that's almost like uh, a done deal too mm. uh, that your thyroid is low. And, and, and of course, you know, some of the other common symptoms, which we all recognize, is being cold all the time. And again, being cold doesn't mean it's low, but when you put all these pieces together, you can come up with your own very, very educated idea. And then no, we're not going to talk about it now, but the, the whole issue of how do you address this? I'm not a fan of using Synthroid. I'm a fan of trying to rehabilitate the thyroid gland through the right holistic means mm-hmm. first. And then if you do have to use medicine, you use thing, things like Armour Desiccated or Naturoid or something. It is prescription. Those are, but they're far less invasive and far less weakening of the thyroid gland. Right. All right. So thyroid number one, that's the first thing to look for. Moving on down the list, what would uh, what would you check next if you're having thinning hair? Uh, next, again, you need to do a little bit of blood work. And you only need a couple things, really a few things checked on blood work. But I think uh, it's very valuable. And saying that, on the Holistic Navigator, you can order all your blood work under the, the uh, tab products where you go to direct labs. And if you're in any town bigger than 25,000 people, there will be a drawing station and all you do is order it and then you go there, you get your results in two to three days. So it makes uh, makes it very uh, practical for people to take control of their own health. Okay, second, first thing thyroid. Second thing, iron levels. When you are deficient in iron, you are going to suffer on many levels. And of course, why are people deficient? Many times it's women with periods. Uh, some people, it's their diet. A few others, it's lack of absorption. But the thing you want to check is ferritin. Ferritin is what we call the storage iron. It's like your gas tank or your oil tank in your car. And you're going to put a dipstick in there by going get to give blood. Now, I have spoke of this before. So much of, of healthy aging has to do with creating a harmony and balance. And almost all levels, but as far as ferritin, too much is extremely dangerous. Ferritin is like, it is iron, and it's, when you have too much, you actually are like a, a car in the junkyard that's rusting. Well, when the body rusts, it ends up falling apart. So we don't want too much. What's a, What would a dangerous level of ferritin be? Well, if you go to the regular mainstream doc, they will not question it until it's well over 220 and in the functional medicine world, which is where I completely live and am passionate about, if it's anything over 70, we are starting to get concerned. Anything mm-hmm. over 100 is time to go give blood at mm-hmm. Blood Assurance or someplace else. So the goal for women is between 40 and 65. That's what you want. The less than 40, it's time to supplement. If it's over 100, it's time to give blood. So, And don't think just one single time you're going to figure it out. You might have to dance this dance over a period of a few times by, by checking the blood. So if we raise uh, the thyroid function, we raise the iron back to healthy levels, it's huge. Those are the two blood tests that the main ones you need to get done. Now, the third one has to do with how a hormone can cause damage to the follicle and cause hair loss and weakening of hair. We all know, and I know you do too, Brian, about, you know, testosterone. But as we age, the efficiency of the machine we call the human body 
tends to start swerving off uh, the road slightly and hitting the curbs and it eventually <laughs> runs in the ditch. And what, where this comes to play is the conversion of testosterone when you're super young, it doesn't convert into anything but usable molecules. But as we age, it starts turning itself into something called DHT, dihydrotestosterone. And DHT is in excessive amounts is disastrous for the follicle and the hair. And you can do, you could, you could test, and I have recommended this a few times. Uh, if people want to cover all the bases, get a hormone check to see where your testosterone is uh, for women and for men too. But in men, you actually want to get your total estrogen check because it's where that complicates the prostate and the hair loss in men where te testosterone can do it in men and women, but in women, it really complicates it. Mm -hmm. So here's the, here's the fix. Real easy. You go to your local health food store and you get saw palmetto. Many people know saw palmetto because it's what has been commonly recommended for prostate health for decades. And you get about 160 milligrams of what we call the extract. It has to have fatty acid extracts on the bottle. So if you don't see the word extract with fatty acid, put it back because there's another version of saw palmetto that won't work. And it's the dried herb. You got to have the fat from the herb. And many good companies make that. But a woman who takes 160 milligrams of that or a man is going to slow down the conversion of testosterone to DHT. So when you slow it down, you're uh, reducing the actual toxic poison that's creating some of this. So 160 milligrams, if you don't want to get tested, it's fine. It can't hurt you to do this. And I will assure you that with enough years of living, your conversion is going to be unhealthy. So if you got the budget to support it and you're, you really want the best hair, just take 160 milligrams and you could do it every other day if you want. But at least 160 milligrams every other day of okay. supplemento. So DHT in excess in women is bad, correct? Very bad, and in men. And in men. Yep. Okay, and to combat that, softball metal is your go-to. It's the go-to. It works very well. And there are a few other things that could be added on down the road, but I find softball metal works for almost everyone to help uh, reduce the conversion. Now, there are people who are just super converters. And if you ended up wanting to spend the money and you did a testosterone test and then you did a DHT test, you, you might be needing to be more aggressive. Well, again, it's all about the testing. Awesome. Okay, so we've covered hormones. What's next? What's next is, and, and I think we all could recognize this, uh, looking at, you know, videos on TV of the people who are starving and not only in other countries, but sometimes certainly here in our country, the very first thing that happens is thinning hair. Why is that? Is it because of calories? Not really. It's because protein. Hair is made from a type of protein called keratin. When you don't eat any or you can't eat any or you're living totally on carbohydrates, you are short shorting the raw materials for hair. Uh, it'd be no different than just putting a one-fourth uh, of your fuel tank filled and you expect to go a long distance. It's just not going to happen. So people are on specialized diets like they're some type of um, extreme diet, I guess I would say, mm -hmm. total vegetarian with no protein products is going to be probable 
uh, harmful to the hair. So those looking for other protein sources, what would you recommend? Are there certain types of proteins too that we need to be aware of? Not particularly. I, you know, I used to kind of really be more inclined to think that you had to eat all the amino acids at one meal, like you had to combine your foods properly. I've now, studies have shown that that doesn't have to happen. We have a storehouse of of incomplete amino acids and amino acids are what put proteins together as a total package. Mm -hmm. So if you just, you can just drink one protein drink a day. If you're eating two other healthy meals, even if they're vegetarian and you probably will be fine. I do believe if you're vegetarian, you should drink two protein drinks a day. And I don't find that most of the food bars are actually that great uh, as far as the quality, but there's many options. And of course, I do love the Zunta bar because that's the one I formulated and it has very high quality protein. And so just common sense. It's not that hard. I mean, I start my day with protein drink every day and that's that that kind of guarantees me that I'm not going to be low and I'm not vegetarian. So. Right. So for these purposes, whether it's a vegetable protein, whey protein, collagen, all of those would be acceptable. They're all acceptable. I do find that I prefer quality whey protein that has no sucralose, no NutraSweet, and is not loaded with carbohydrates When I or sugars. I think sugars below five would be acceptable, nothing above that. And it should be grass-fed whey. There's, if your belly's mm-hmm. okay with the vegetarian, it's perfectly efficient, does very great jobs. I'm not so convinced the collagen is super-duper as a sole source. I do use collagen myself in in a powder in my protein because we know it can help feed directly the hair, skin, and nails, but it doesn't really have substantial data to show that it's uh, working like regular protein for the muscles and some of the internal organs. But it's good as an add-on, and I, it actually is one of my things I would recommend is a good quality uh, collagen, just not as its source of protein, but as its source of hair stimulant nutrient. Okay. So... Two servings of moderate amounts of protein a day, correct? Yep, that's all you need. And right. you can do it plenty with healthy foods. Uh, to change the subject slightly, I do want to say, uh, you know, many times people can only speak of the positives of their industry or their, their life or their passion. But I always like to talk about both sides. Well, here's what you don't want to do uh, as your supplement program, which is excess vitamin A will cause you to lose a lot of your hair. Uh, all you got to do is look at the Accutane, which is the, the prescription for acne that kids have used a lot because it does work efficiently. But what it does is it makes their hair get very thin because it's a type of vitamin A. It's a prescription form. And it's pretty much across the board this happens. So if you're doing vitamin A from fish oil, not beta carotene. That doesn't do it. Only the, the more fish oil derived forms or you're taking it separately and you're having hair loss. I say don't do it any longer. Or there are a few people who are doing way too much cod liver oil. Cod liver oil can be very heavy on the side of vitamin A. Uh, it is it's also excellent for vitamin D and other things. But the cod liver oil needs to be watched. Fish oils do not have it. So don't worry about the fish oils. Mm. All right, so we have nutrient and protein deficiencies. What What's next on the list, Ed? Chronic stress is going to take a toll on many, many functions of the body. Now, when I, I don't really frame stress like everybody else kind of does. I think stress is good for us if we process it correctly, we package it, 
we move through it, we act on it, and then we continue our journey of life day to day to day. It's when we hold on to it, we shove it down, and we repress and suppress it. That's where the package of poison will come. That's where the dynamite will eventually explode with cancer and with diseases. And all, But then before that, you're going to have the hair loss, the fatigue, the depression, the anxiety, the blank, blank, blank. How do we work through this? Uh, I certainly am not the guru who's going to have the, all the answers, but I will say using a, a couple herbs, rhodiola and ashwagandha are absolutely phenomenal to help help balance cortisol, which is what's being super excreted when you're under stress from the adrenal glands. Doing ashwagandha or a formula with a lot of that twice a day can be hugely beneficial uh, as far as helping to balance some of this. Now, you know, we have had a podcast on sleep. You cannot have low cortisol if you are not having quality sleep uh, at least five, four to five nights a week. We are resilient people. We don't have to have perfection. This body is built to last. We are like a tank, but we keep throwing gas on it and burning it and not maintaining it. Well, of course, even a tank will fall apart. So the stress level thing and, you know, having some kind of technique in your life to help you, again, move through it instead of it being locked in. I'm a huge fan of EFT. Uh, emotional freedom technique. It's not quacky. It's based in moderate science, not a huge amount. I actually used it day before yesterday because I was having a real concern over something and it was kind of eating me up from the inside. And it has to do with tapping um, on your head and your chest and your wrist while you are speaking of the stress that is depleting you. Don't need to spend much money to learn it. You don't have to spend any, actually. But if you want to, you can buy the books and other things. Nick Ortner, I think, is the guy who's the guru. I've, I've been with him in Atlanta years ago. Uh, he has a wonderful take on EFT. Uh, I don't wanted to mention um, something about ashwagandha as well, and maybe rhodiola, but are there certain formulations that you need to look for? I know ashwagandha, um, the KSM-66, is a really popular one and a clinically studied one. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, they're – I remember long ago being young, I would go into, I think, Sears, and they had this little marketing strategy, I think for tools or for some category of their product, good, better, and best. Well, nutritional things can kind of fall in that category, but what the problem is, sometimes it's different than good, better, and best. It's, and I'll do it backwards, it's best, it's average, and it's worthless. So how do you know if you're getting a worthless product? You really don't. You need to be educated and you need to be a somewhat of a skeptic, but you need to be open minded. So you find the people who can help you that you trust. And you are exactly right. The uh, that version of Ashwagandha, the K, uh, which one, the KSM, KSM 66, yeah, 66. Yeah, that is we know for a fact that it's the most clinically studied. We know that you can trust it and taking it is uh, twice a day is very important. Now, autoimmunity has to be dealt with. I will say my personal history of 40 plus years is with absolute 97% accuracy, I believe that every autoimmune person has had emotional trauma of some sort that either crept up on them through a cumulative effect or it came out of the clear blue unexpected, as it can with life, uh, where it deals a blow that you never saw coming. Those things will then redirect the immune system to be overactive 
but it's overactive against us, not against pathogens or against bad guys. And the hair follicle can be one of those easy targeted uh, areas of the body where the immune system is just like continuing to attack it because it thinks it's, it's going to hurt us. So it keeps trying to kill it. It's a war going on. Well, guess what happens to your hair if the follicle is being attacked? It gets weaker and weaker and weaker. It all goes back to the gut. Leaky gut, the, the fact that the microbiome is screwed up, glyphosate, which is Roundup, is devastating the function of the gut. And when that happens, because 60 to 70% of the immune system is programmed and directed by gut bacteria, well, you can imagine that'd be like an orchestra with the orchestra director just stepped out for 20 minutes while they're playing music. It's going to go haywire. And there is a drug. I rarely run into anyone who even knows what this drug is. So uh, there's a drug called low-dose naltrexone. Absolutely love this drug, N-A-L-T-R-E-X-O-N-E, naltrexone. I'm not going to go into it, but let me tell you something. And I am not the epitome of perfection, and, and you know, we all are doing the best we can, and, and, or I'm doing the best I can. I take it every night. I take a one to two milligram every night. It's the only drug I would ever or will take at this point in my life. And I do it. And once you read about it, you'll understand. It redirects the immune system to be healthy. It doesn't medicate it away. It doesn't make it do something wrong. It actually brings it back into balance. And once you read about it, you'll understand that. And in fact, people with uh, many diseases from MS, which is an autoimmune disease, do extremely well with low-dose naltrexone. Uh, you got to find a practitioner. Uh, your, your regular doc will not write it, most likely. But there's a growing list of people will. And in fact, there's a website on low-dose low naltrexone that has practitioners listed on that. So yep. autoimmune, we covered what, what's next on the list? Well, I'm going to flip a little bit back into a, one more last blood test, which is insulin, not glucose. Everybody, when I say insulin, many say, oh, my glucose is fine. Insulin and glucose have some connection, and then they don't have some connection. Insulin's job is, number one, store food for later. So some people who can't lose weight, no matter what they do, it's not because they're doing wrong. It's because their insulin is above 10. Uh, you go to your regular doc. If you get him to do an insulin test, which is very difficult because they don't understand the implications, they'll tell you that 20 to 30 is fine. No, I can tell you with, with very good certainty that I've seen enough of this to be very convinced that if you have an insulin above 10 and you... And we look at people who are 90 years old and above, you're not going to be 90 and above and self-sufficient and robust and be able to take care of your own needs at home if you have an insulin above 10 to 15. When they did blood work on all these elderly people who were either uh, very stable and robust or they did it on people who were, you know, had to have a lot of extra care and they were weak and they were losing their, their mental status and physical it came down to they couldn't find any blood work really that was completely connected to these symptoms until they looked at insulin. And that was the common denominator. So the goal of us in living, the goal of what I write about is, is actually an anti-inflammatory diet. And, but the second part of that is anti-inflammatory diets are creating anti-inflammatory effects because we lower the insulin. 
And so when you lower the insulin, again, hair will improve many, many times because elevated insulin is toxic. It's really a harsh, harsh hormone. So again, the whole diet we speak of, everything else that we do is is based in lowering insulin. High insulin levels can uh, increase some of these other precursors that we've been talking about. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, high insulin levels are going to uh, create an issue all the way across the board. Okay. I don't care if it's if we're talking about thyroid function or whatever function, it is pervasive. Mm. You know, it, and that's not true of things like iron will affect certain categories. You know, B12 will, blank, blank, blank. Insulin's across the board. Mm. And so if you only could do one single thing, it's to lower your insulin. Now, what is the optimal? It's two and under. And that's not always easy. All right. So just to cover and let our listeners know um, things to look for if you're suffering from hair loss or thinning hair, number one is thyroid. Number two is check your iron levels. Number three, um, it could be uh, hormones affecting your hair loss. Number four is protein deficiency. Number five is to check your stress levels um, and try to manage your stress as well as possible. Uh, Number six, autoimmune uh, factors could come into play. And then number seven is insulin levels. Does that sound right? Sounds very right. So now that we've covered all the topics and factors that can come into play with thinning hair and hair loss, I know that we always want to talk about supplementation on this show. Um, That's what we do. That's a huge part of your life. That's what you've studied over the the course of your career. So are there any supplements or product recommendations that you would have for people who um, are wanting to combat this? Well, absolutely. And again, the marketplace is uh, replete with thousands probably of hair, supposedly hair support products. And I'm very, very particular. I don't trust many companies. And I certainly know that because the public isn't super aware, the companies know they can just throw very low doses or the wrong kind and then market it. Mm. I am very impressed with only a few companies, one of which is a, a new company called Life Seasons. And they have a product called Beauty, spelled B-E-A-U-T for hair, skin, and nails. And this is probably the first product I've ever seen that truly comprises every single aspect of the nutrients that I would want uh, a person, or if I myself was taking it, I would want to put this package together. Well, instead of buying many multiple bottles, this particular one has put it all together. Uh, And the very first thing is biotin. We all, and anyone listening to this, who the one thing out of the doc's mouth when you say I have hair loss, they pretty much are connected to the biotin story. And biotin will help a person, men or women, to have a little stronger, a little faster growth, a little better appearance in some clinical studies. It was, it was significant enough to do. But I want to say this about biotin. If you're taking biotin, anything over a, a small level, and you get a thyroid test, it will be inaccurate. You have to be off off of biotin two weeks before any blood test. It's the only nutrient that can affect this. So you have to be off of it. And no bottle says it, and I want everyone to know that. But I'm going to run down the list. Zinc, hugely important. We, uh, without zinc, your skin, hair, and nails, is, and immune system is going straight to pot. Uh, chromium, we talked about the insulin levels. That's why chromium is in here. 
Then you've got MSM. MSM is a lovely compound that I have followed and taken at times. It's a sulfur uh, ingredient, it's, but it doesn't have the smell. And for all those who are saying, I can't take sulfa drugs, this is not related to a sulfa drug. You can do MSM. Uh, it feeds the hair very nicely. This one actually has 140 milligrams of the extract of saw palmetto. It has collagen, like you asked me about. Uh, it has the milk thistle because milk thistle protects the liver from many toxins. Uh, and so those are extremely important. He has a list of alpha uh, of kelp for the thyroid. Uh, has about eight other ingredients that I'm not going to even mention, but this together as one formula is a superstar to me. Now, is this all a person needs nutritionally? No, the body needs more than this. This is specific for hair. And the second thing is there's a product made by a company called Hyalogic. Wonderful company. I actually met the owner, very ethical, and it's a biotin hair and scalp spray. Uh, I've seen women who in two weeks, we actually have a photo. I was on TV last uh, week and uh, we had a photo of a client and she had some severe hair loss and she had been using the Beauty and the Hyalogic for three weeks, not two. And we showed it on TV. It was very dramatic. I mean, a huge improvement. And normally it takes six to 12 weeks to get improvements. So that's another piece of my advice. Whatever you do, hang in there. Hang in there because it's going to take normally six to 12 weeks. So Ed, with, with the topical spray in mind, I know a lot of other people are using shampoos and conditioners that may have um, less than ideal ingredients um, included. Can you speak about what to look for when choosing kind of hair care products and how to protect your scalp and hair? Absolutely. And we have been misled greatly by advertising as far as these hair products. But saying that, uh, I fly airplanes. In fact, I've posted, I think, a photo or two of uh, small planes that I fly. Guess what they use to clean the engines of planes and jets when it's full of gook and grease and oil? They use something called, um, it's a version of sodium lauryl sulfate. It's a degreaser. Well, folks, look on the back of your shampoo and I'll bet you you have something that will be related to the word sodium lauryl sulfate. Quit putting things like battery acid on your head and then wonder why you're having hair loss. Find shampoos that are clean, very clean, not just professing cleanliness. So let's take the stress further off of the follicle and the hair by using different shampoos. Well, that's it for this week's episode, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And I always want to close with this poem that I have resonated with since I found it about three months ago. I don't divide the world into the weak or the strong or the successes or the failures or those who make it or those who don't make it. I divide the world into learners and non-learners. Until next time, I'm, I am Ed Jones. And remember, whenever a doctor cannot do good, Please keep him from doing harm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Navigator podcast. For more information and previous episodes, visit www.theholisticnavigator.com.